Addison. Hey, Alex. Do you like podcasts? I do like podcasts. How did you know? I had a hunch. Do you also like potentially going to a university? I mean, not only do I like going to a university, I do it every day almost. Wow, this is lining up to be pretty darn coincidental. Let me ask you one more question. Sure, Alex. You sure have a lot of those. (laughs) Uh, Well, I came prepared. How do you feel about things that border on the line between terrifying and comedic? I like them a lot. Well, I don't mean to get too specific, but I think I have something that sounds directly up your alley. Wow, tell me more, Alex. Are you by any chance familiar with a podcast called The Alexandria Archives? <gasps> you don't mean The Alexandria Archives that can be found on Twitter at WHAU Signal. The very same. Wow. I know. The Alexandria Archives is a cool podcast that details life at Alexandria University, the South's answer to Miskatonic University. Is it strange, wonderful, and often hilarious? I would consider it to be all of those things, yes. Wow, what a find. It really is. But you know what? You don't have to work very hard to find it now because we're telling you about it. You can find it at www.alexandriaarchives.com and also on iTunes and wherever you download podcasts. We recommend you give it a shot. You just might like what you find. Yay, yo, Wendigos! At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. As always, we are entering the realm of the bizarre, frightening, and often very silly, so listener discretion is advised. Some say the devil is in the details. We say the devil is in New Jersey. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Cryptid Keeper Podcast, the podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That's us. And if you're listening, it means you too. So welcome to the club. I'm Alex Flanagan. And I'm Addison Peacock. And we're here to keep you some cryptids. What cryptid are we keeping for him today, Addison? Oh, I'm so excited about this week because I have brought with me, or not, I mean in my phone, I have brought with me information about a very famous boy. A famous boy? A famous boy and an oft-requested boy, one and the same. Alex, we're going back to New Jersey. Because this week's cryptid is the Jersey Devil. What? Blow my mind. Okay, yeah, I'm so ready. Let's do it. Let's dive right in. So much. This might be a little bit of a long episode because there's a lot of stuff about the Jersey Devil. This is another one of those where I have to be like, please do additional research. I don't. There's a lot. You could have told me it was going to be a long episode before we moved this to a night recording. Okay, not that long. Not like (laughs) two hours, Alex. I just mean like. Closer to an hour the than The epic multi-episode Jersey Devil arc. As we often do, I'd like to start this uh, with a little trip to the Cryptids wiki. If you're wondering why I pronounce it like that, it's because it has a Z at the end. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Yeah, you remember when everybody in the late 90s and early 2000s was walking around going Gzz at the end of everything because of mm-hmm. that letter? Yeah. That was a good time to be alive. It was a good time to be alive. First of all, let me drop some uh, really uh, a hot take on you, according to the Cryptids wiki, which is that there are at least two Jersey Devils. Excuse me? There are at least two Jersey Devils. No way. I had no idea. I thought there was just the one and then it was like related to that specific family. Yeah. They're, because sightings differ so much between historical sightings and modern sightings of the Jersey Devil, there is a theory that there are different things called the Jersey Devil. Or it's a shapeshifter. 
Maybe it is. Um, So the Jersey Devil of folklore has hooves, a snake's tail, bat wings, and a head that looks like a horse, Um, whereas the modern one is described as having more of a kangaroo-like visage with hooves and wings and stuff, so it's still very similar. Yeah, they're the same thing, and the first one was just wearing one of those rubber horse masks. Oh, God, can you imagine? Um, Did you know that on Lauren Coleman's website, it's ranked as one of the top 50 cryptids? Wow. (laughs) Where in the top 50 is it ranked? I don't know. This wiki doesn't tell me. Some entity that is called the Jersey Devil has been haunting and roaming the New Jersey Pineland Forest for over 260 years. So this one is a... Yeah, this boy has been around for a long time. So a little bit more descriptors of the Jersey Devil. The Jersey Devil often glows... Good. Love that. It can breathe fire or poison with its breath. Excellent. Love it. Uh, And it shares those dragon characteristics. The Jersey Devil also used to be drawn as looking basically just like a dragon. The more mammalian aspects have come up in more recent years. I love this boy. Isn't it good? This is a really adorable little... uh, Apparently, the Ninth and Arch Museum claimed that it had it caught and here, alive. It's also called the Leeds Devil sometimes, and I'll go into why that is Spell Leeds for us? L-E-E-D-S. Now use it in a sentence. It's a family name. I can't use it in a sentence. Can I get the etymology? It's 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 English. It's an English <laughs> name. It's a last name. Okay, great. So here is just a really or a really early sighting that I want to cover before I go into my other backstory stuff. Just because this is one that's on the Cryptids Wiki. It's wiki. It's right here. It's really fun, and it is a, a, a celebrity, a historical celebrity sighting, Ooh. sort of tangential to a celebrity. Uh, Joseph Bonaparte, elder brother of Napoleon Bonaparte, claimed to have witnessed the Jersey Devil while hunting on his Borden Town estate around 1820. The story follows as one snowy afternoon. He was hunting alone in the woods near his house when he spotted some strange tracks on the ground. They looked like the tracks of a two-footed donkey. Bonaparte noticed that one foot was slightly larger than the other. (laughs) Same. The tracks ended abruptly, as if the creature had flown away. He stared at the tracks for a long moment, trying to figure out what the strange animal might be. At that moment, Bonaparte heard a strange hissing noise. Turning... He found himself face to face with a large, winged creature with a horse-like head and bird-like legs. Astonished and frightened, he froze and stared at the beast, forgetting that he was carrying a rifle. For a moment, neither of them moved. Then the creature hissed at him, beat its wings, and flew away. Let's talk about uh, the the Jersey Devil in pop culture before I move into some of the wilder stuff about the Jersey Devil. Yeah, so it appears it. in a lot of popular culture in New Jersey. Its image is on quite a number of products. The creature is the namesake for the NHL hockey team, the New Jersey Devils. Cool. It is also a popular image outside of the state. It is a major American monster that gets mentioned rather frequently in books about the strange, paranormal, and unexplained. And there have been two movies made about the Jersey Devil. These are fictional movies, and they are called The Last Broadcast, and the other one is 13th Child, Legend of the Jersey Devil. I'm sorry, are they fictional movies, or are they movies that are... Like that deal in oh, fiction. Oh no, no, they're movies that are fiction, <laughs> fictional stories. And okay. They're saying it's just. I'm just saying they're not documentaries. Gotcha. Um, uh, it has also appeared on numerous television shows, and um, including 
uh, being the focus of an X-Files episode called The Jersey Devil. However, before, because people are going to come into the comments probably talking about this, this episode was met with a lot of uh, dissent from Jersey Devil purists because the X-Files episode really doesn't use any of the Jersey Devil lore at all and rather uses the concept of the Jersey Devil to explore the idea of there being an existing missing link between ape and man that still like lives in the wild somewhere, but they're calling it the Jersey Devil, so that was really dumb. Mm. That was a whole thing. It was all made of lies and not rooted in the reality, so like that was a whole issue. So while the X-Files episode is technically based around the Jersey Devil. It is not the Jersey Devil as cryptozoologists know and discuss it. (laughs) Actually, the wording on the cryptids wiki is, uh, the Jersey Devil of the episode is likened to a feral humanoid or possible subspecies of mankind. While this flies in the face of all the traditional descriptions of the creature, the lack of special effects budgeting in the early episodes of the X-Files undoubtedly forced the producers to make a more cost-effective version of the creature. Yikes. <laughs> the cri- Nobody's safe in this economy. Yeah. The Cryptids Wiki just really came for the X-Files just now. So now I want to go into the origin story of the Jersey Devil. And you. I, it sounds like you know a little bit about the origin story, but... Hit me up, though. Okay. I'm excited about this because it's one of the more wild origin stories <laughs> that I found for Cryptids. It, we're, we're going back to the wild... like. It's as wild as the possible origin stories of the Wampus Cat, in my personal opinion. Cool. I think it's it's out there. So just to the side note, for anybody who, like, if this is your first episode, it's sort of a running thing that we structure this podcast so that somebody picks a cryptid every week, like we take turns, and the other person is basically explicitly forbidden from researching it or knowing anything about it when we come into this. Um, I don't know why, except that we think it's funny. It's better. It's more fun that way, like, because then we don't have people being like, oh, but I thought. It's just like, oh, oh, oh all right. Like, throw me in the deep end and watch me swim. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting because it means that in cases like this where, like, I know a little bit about it, um, but I've pretty much stopped researching cryptids unless it's my specific week to pick one, which makes it fascinating because there will be a lot of times when I want to go down a rabbit hole and, like, look up a whole bunch of stuff and I'm like, oh, that might not be my cryptid. (laughs) 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 Oh, got to refrain. I was going to say, only if you, like, if you claim one as yours and then, like, you can go down the rabbit hole as deep as you, as deep as it'll go. Like, it's been established from the beginning of this podcast that when the time comes, I will have Mothman and Addison will get Bigfoot. Oh, yeah. But this is just, like, I I think all the rest of them are, are free reign right now. Yeah, Absolutely. I would like the Dover Demon. Yeah, that's fair. Actually, because I love the Dover Demon. Are we going to have custody battle right now on air? About the, over the Dover Demon? <laughs> no, no, no. I just mean like about he uh, everything in He is my son. General. You can have um, the Dover Demon. Okay. He is my son. Means I get the Flatwoods alien. That's okay. He has my flesh and blood. Um, uh, do you want the Virginia Bunny Man? or I do want the Virginia Bunny okay, Man. I figured. I am obsessed with the uh, Jersey Devil backstory, the, the folklore uh, origin of the Jersey Devil. So here we go. Let's go into it. This is from weirdnj.com. WeirdDeJersey.com. So, legend has it that in 1735, a Pines resident known as Mother Leeds found herself pregnant for the 13th time. Leeds, by the way, since you asked about the etymology of it before, is the uh, surname of one of New Jersey's earliest settlers, and many descendants of the Leeds family can be found all throughout New Jersey to this day. So... This is like a lot of weird editorializing that this piece does about Mother Leeds' lifestyle. But Let's here we also go. clarify that the New Jersey Pines refers to an area. Like yeah. these are not tree dwelling people. <laughs> it's a region. Sorry. Yes. It's a region of New Jersey. This is a weird bit of editorializing that they do on Mother Leeds' life, Uh, but here we go. Uh, Mother Leeds was not living a wealthy lifestyle by any means. Her husband was a drunkard who made few efforts to provide for his wife and 12 children. Now, we all know that the number 13 is the spooky number, so 
Does it really say that? No, that was me. Oh. That one was me. The rest of it was them. The rest of it was them. That one was me. So she said, no, you're going to like this. Reaching the point of absolute exasperation upon learning of her 13th child, she raised her hands to the heavens and proclaimed, let this one be a devil. Excuse me? And she proclaimed, let this one be a devil. All right. All right. Give me one more take. And this time I want you to uh, sort of consider how you would feel in her position. All right. Like I'm getting... The emotion of the moment. What I'm not getting is, like, the build-up to this, all the backstory. I mean, you have lived so long with this drunkard husband. The kids keep coming. The money doesn't. And it's it's a hard the world out here. will be invented for a long time. Yeah. Like, it is a rough situation to be in. And so, like, the addition of this child not just being one more mouth to feed, but, like, a 13th one. Like, this is, like, a raw, wry moment for you of, like, this strange... Humor being the only way you have to cope with this hand that life has dealt you. So with all of that in mind, I just want you to take one more swing at it. We can back up a little bit. Um, why don't you go from uh, 13 being the spooky number, okay. and then we can just sort of take a running jump right into it. Okay. Reaching the point of absolute exasperation upon learning of her 13th child, she raised her hands to the heavens and proclaimed, Let this one be a devil! See, that was good. That is what I was looking for. Like, you felt something in the room that time, Thank right? You. That was, I, are you guys getting this at home? Because I, I felt this. something. I did some emotional preparation. I dropped in. In all seriousness, this, this is going to sound messed up. I don't mean it, like, in a really, really that dark of a way. But, like, if she's already saying, like, really weird things about this coming child, I'm like, why doesn't she just go, like, a Grimm's fairy tales route with it and, like, leave the, she's like, I'm going to leave it in the woods or, like, I'm going to leave it on someone's doorstep. She's like, I hope it's a demon. I, I just find that very, a very weird response to an unwanted pregnancy. I hope it's a demon. Anyway, Mother Leeds went into labor a few months later on a tumultuously stormy night, no longer mindful of the curse she had uttered previously regarding her unborn child. Her children and husband huddled together in one room of their Leeds Point home, crowded room, uh, while local midwives gathered to deliver the baby in another. By all accounts, the birth went routinely, and the 13th Leeds child was a seemingly normal baby boy. Within minutes, however, her, hun- her unholy wish of months before began to come to fruition. The baby started to change and metamorphosed right, metamorphosed right before her very eyes. Within moments, it transformed from a beautiful newborn baby into a hideous creature unlike anything the world had ever seen. The wailing infant began growing at an incredible rate. It sprouted horns from the top of its head and talon-like claws tore through the tips of its fingers. Leathery bat-like wings unfurled from its back and hair and feathers sprouted all over the child's body. Its eyes began glowing bright red as they grew larger in the monster's gnarled and snarling face. The creature savagely attacked its own mother, killing her, then turned its attention to the rest of the horrified onlookers who witnessed its tempestuous transformation. It flew at them, clawing and biting, voicing unearthly shrieks the entire time. It tore the midwives limb from limb, maiming some and killing others. Gotta leave witnesses, otherwise how did the story get passed well, down? Yeah, exactly. This is probably not the intended takeaway, and by probably I mean this is definitely not the intended takeaway, but it is a fascinating choice on the devil's part. To not have that transformation take place until, like, postpartum. Yeah. Like, it's interesting, you know? I mean, like, on the one hand, it's kind of considerate. I mean, I was actually thinking at the time, I'm like, oh, that's nice. Like, that would have been hell to go through, like, birth-wise. Like, mm-hmm. it was really actually surprisingly thoughtful to not have that transformation yeah. occur until after the baby was born. But then he went ahead and, like, tore some of the pieces. Yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. Honestly, all I was thinking while reading that transformation sequence was, uh, this is an Animorphs book I don't remember. I'd like to see that cover. 
Like, you know, those covers, the Animorphs covers where they have a child in the corner and then an animal in the uh, upper corner. I want one yeah, of those yeah. where it's like a buddy for I want one where it's like a normal baby in the corner and then in the top corner it's the Jersey Devil. Can I have that, I please? was kind of thinking one of those like lenticular photos where like you, you move oh. back and forth and like it's baby, now it's a demon, now it's a baby, now it's a demon. I like that. I like that. Okay, so anyway. Those who survived to tell the tale watched in horror as the rotten beast sprinted to the chimney and flew up it, destroying it on the way and leaving a pile of rubble in its wake. The creature then made good its escape into the darkness and desolation of the Pine Barrens, where it has lived ever since. To this day, the creature, known varyingly as the Leeds Devil and the Jersey Devil, claims the pines as its own and terrorizes any who are unfortunate enough to encounter it. Um, And now I'm going to show you uh, or not show you, I'm going to tell you about some sightings of the Jersey Devil. So here's a first-hand account, uh, and the head of this one is wonderful. This sounds like a song title, like a blues song. Uh, the title of this sighting is Driving by the Devil in the Pale Moonlight. Like that? Yeah, like yeah. That. well, that's because it's a riff on um, Dancing with the Devil in the Pale Moonlight. Oh, there it is. You're right. I thought it sounded familiar. I was into the rhythm of it. I got lost in the rhythm. This has haunted me since it happened in 1972. I was a senior at what was then Glassboro State College. I had heard about the Jersey Devil when I came to South Jersey, but being from North Jersey, a different world, I thought I was far too sophisticated to believe in such humbuggery. I love this account. All right. (laughs) One winter night, I was driving to Glassboro from Blackwood on Green Tree Road. At the time, the road was flanked by orchards and farms. There were few houses, and there was hardly any development. I was completely sober and awake when I caught a glimpse of something in my rearview mirror. Curious as to what it could have been, I slowed down to take a gander. It was dark out, but no moon lit enough. Not no moon, good lord, but moon lit enough that I had no trouble at all discerning the upright figure of a creature crossing the road from one side to the other, roughly 25 feet behind my car. The figure stood taller than a man by far, and had thick haunches similar to a goat's, supporting its nearly human-looking torso and huge, woolly head. It moved heavily, and didn't seem at all disturbed by my being there. I didn't linger long enough to see much more. I hit the gas and flew to the Mansion Park apartments in the borough. So petrified was I that I slept the rest of the night in the car, unwilling to get out in the same darkness that had introduced me to the Jersey Devil. Never again from that day on have I ridden on Green Tree Road, day or night, that I haven't gotten the heebie-jeebies just thinking about that winter night long ago. Mary Ritzer Christensen. You're so scared of the monster outside that you would rather fall asleep in your very breakable car than go into a permanent residential structure? Um, yes, apparently. Uh, I can understand if the thought process was, <laughs> I was so scared of the thing that I stayed awake all night locked in my car keeping vigil. Yeah. I can understand if the thought process was, I, you know, ran into the house and wasn't able to sleep all night long. But the thought process of, I will stay out here. And also fall and asleep. also asleep, yeah. I mean, hey, no one ever said college students make good decisions. Also, uh, I applaud uh, Mary for her use of the word humbuggery. I'm a very big fan now, of that. No, that was excellent, yes. Very big fan of that. I also, really quickly, before I go into the next sighting I have, want to say how much I like that particular sighting because uh, I don't know that that one necessarily was the Jersey Devil because the Jersey Devil, primarily one of its biggest features is that it flies, and I don't know why it would be crossing the street if it can fly. Yeah, but I wonder the same thing about birds when I see them walking around. That's like, true. birds, why are you doing that? But I, I also do love, uh, there are a lot of similarities uh, in sightings of the Jersey Devil where it is not flying. There are a lot of similarities in its description uh, to the goat man. Um, yeah, that's not surprising to me, actually. Yeah, humanoid torso, goat haunches, woolly face. It's just, I, I find it very interesting. 
I bet it has creepy goat eyes, Alex. Ugh. I know you don't like goat eyes. All right, I've got another one from this particular page, and then I have some sightings from another source. So this one is another first-person sighting. It is, and this the headline of this one is, Don't ever camps in the Pine Barrens alone. Hit me with that one more time. <laughs> don't ever camps in the Pine Barrens alone. All right, uh, one more time, different inflection. <laughs> don't ever camps in the Pine Barrens alone. Don't ever camps in the Pine Barrens alone. <laughs> Alone. I know that's a typo. It just makes me laugh. Don't ever camp. You think in the somebody would do that? Typo not check the their words on the internet. I do think so. Don't ever camp in the Pine Barrens alone. Camps. I'm gonna. I'm gonna editorialize. Okay, this was a childhood experience. Here we go. I spent a lot of time in the Pine Barrens when I was growing up in New Jersey, and had my share of strange experiences. When I was about 13, I went camping alone near Hampton Furness. I had a bow with me and went looking for a rabbit dinner about an hour before sundown. Something started following me back in the trees. It circled me back to my camp. It circled. I can't read. It tailed me back to my camp and circled while I cooked my dinner. This kept up until about two hours after dark. And let me tell you, it was one dark night. I finally decided that my visitor had moved on and crawled into my tent. When I just started to calm down, I heard a foot stomp down right beside the tent. I got all set to jump out when this thing, whatever it was, started screaming. I would compare the volume of the scream to a large truck's horn. I couldn't decide what to do. I had my bow and knife, though they didn't seem like much. After several blasts, it just stopped. I didn't hear a sound except my heart for about an hour. I was sure that if I stuck my head out of that tent, I'd lose it. In the morning, I could find no tracks in the pine needles. To this day, I still don't like sleeping in tents. I'd rather take my chances in the open. No, Keith! Keith, that's worse, Keith. What if Hatchet, but too cryptid? <laughs> yeah, really. I was just thinking, he said he was 13 and describes a, th- a situation where there's no one with him. Keith, where was your family? Sometimes a family is just a boy and a bow and the Jersey Devil. <laughs> <laughs> in all seriousness, there's nothing about that aside from it being in New Jersey that suggests Jersey Devil. I am inclined to say Mountain Lion. If something, because Mountain Lions do stalk like that and they do True. scream. Um, I think I'm inclined to believe flying creature just based on the... Oh, no tracks. The Well, the no tracks and the sudden landing of it next to the tent. Mm, that's fair. I guess I was imagining some kind of jumping, like a leap of some kind. Oh, no, kind. that's fair. And that particular one I will call... I'm going to call shenanigans on that one and stay mountain lion. Um, just because the stalking pattern is so very much how the mountain lion behaves and also the screaming. Because there's something something screaming very loudly sounds like a mountain lion to me, but also it could have been the Jersey Devil. I don't know. I don't want to scully the Mulder. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're wrong. Alex, you know what? I, I've been it, you may be right. I may be crazy. I might be wrong. <laughs> I could... handed you a Billy Joel reference <laughs> and you spat in my face. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm looking at my notes. I'm sorry. I I'm will not... leave. I will please leave this booth. Alex, please don't do this you to me. You come into your house where I also am sitting and you disrespect my favorite William. I would never disrespect Mr. William Joel. I love William I would never Joel with all disres- my heart. I would never disrespect unofficial poet laureate William Joel. Mm-hmm. Please give him the title he deserves. I want so badly for Billy Joel to be recognized for the folksy balladeer that he is. So NJ.com uh, has a bunch of Jersey Devil sightings as well. And there's also, I want to show it to you, but first I'll read it. There's a Okay. Picture of an old-timey newspaper article, um, and the the uh, headline is a uh, fly rival of Leeds Devil has Jersey people frightened. Hoof prints in the snow, whirring noises in the air, and other uncanny manifestations reach Borden Town and Mount Holly after making sensation in lower counties where natives remain indoors after sundown. So. Uh, a Trenton Times story on a string of Jersey Devil sightings in January 1909, and here's the here's the 
Thanks for that deep cut with the transatlantic accent. I really enjoyed that. If you want to zoom in on the illustration, it's pretty good. Oh, shoot. I wish I could read the caption. I know I can't. I couldn't get it clear enough. There's a little cartoon with a man uh, being descended on by the Jersey Devil, and he's got a little speech bubble, but it's too blurry because it's an old scan of, like, a vintage Uh, article. So what it is is it's a police officer with a gun Mm -hmm. and his two police dogs, and the Jersey Devil is sort of flying down. And it says, it's time for... And then it's too blurry. Not readable. Now, I'll arrest it tomorrow. Yeah, it's time for now. I'll arrest it tomorrow. All right. So now I will talk about some of these. Uh, these are more histor- some more historical sightings. Those were more a little more recent than the ones I just shared. So now we've got the Devil Craze of 1909. The Jersey Devil's fame solidified itself in January of 1909 when nearly 1,000 reports came in from eyewitnesses throughout South Jersey. Wow. Yeah. While testing cannonballs at Hanover Mills Works in the Pine Barrens, Navy Commander Stephen Decatur reportedly saw the creature and shot at it. The cannonball blew a hole in the devil. Uh, what? <laughs> the cannonball blew a hole in the devil. Okay, I'm sorry. You said shot at it, and I was not ready for the next sentence. And then the next sentence took me somewhere, like, different even within itself. And I was, I wow, that was a lot. The cannonball blew a hole in the devil, but, yeah, it, I got that. but it wasn't phased by the projectile. Um, <laughs> I don't... D- <laughs> Strange tracks were found in fields, but bloodhounds allegedly refused to follow the tracks. The kids were fine with it, although, because schools in the Pine Barrens were closed. That's what that. That's what the article says. I love they it. They don't know what phased means. <laughs> I think they mean like it clearly was injured but didn't seem to react. Okay. All right. In 1927, there was a taxi driver in Salem City that allegedly encountered the Jersey Devil while changing a tire. The man told the police that a winged creature was pounding on the roof of the cab. And then I love this one. The NJ.com piece like editorializes a lot with like fun little quips. And so this one says, guess the Jersey Devil really needed a ride that night. Oh, no. I love that. Oh, I want to show you this. Is New Jersey where gas stations are still full service? Yeah. You're not allowed to pump your gas at New Jersey gas Well, you know why? Yet. It's because the Jersey Devil got you. Um, You're not allowed to leave your car. Speaking of the Jersey Devil, here's another image for you to see, and I would like you to describe this image. Every gas station attendant in New Jersey has a pact with the Jersey Devil that they are not to be attacked under any circumstances, but anyone else is fair game. That's why you can't get out of your car. All right, let's see what we have. Whoa, all right. Yeah, I want you to tell the the people what you see. Um, I love this boy is the first thing I need to tell you. (laughs) Oh, it's my favorite rendering of the Jersey Devil. Mm, Oh, man. I Wow. (laughs) I don't even know how to describe this, except it looks like somebody lost a game of Pictionary. (laughs) It's also a wanted poster for the Jersey Devil, promising uh, a reward of $250,000. What, what voice should I use for this? You used the transatlantic already, no, and I that's want my you favorite to, I voice. I want you to use it because you do it differently. Or I could use, like, my gruff, like, Sam Elliott voice. Do your Sam Elliott voice. Because it's a wanted voice. poster. Do your Sam Elliott voice. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. You offered. I know. This picture is just so much to look at. All right. So this poster says, wanted, reward offered for the capture, dead or alive, of the Leeds monster, also known as the Jersey Devil. <laughs> the creature is often described as a kangaroo-like patchwork with the face of a horse, the head of a... What? Dog. Leathery bat-like wings. Horns. Small arms with cloven hooves and a forked tail. It has been reported to move quickly as to avoid human contact and is often described as emitting a, quote unquote, blood curdling scream. (laughs) That's the part they put in quotes? Yep. Really? Yep. Approach with extreme caution. $250,000 reward. Amazing. Thank you. That's incredible. No, I didn't describe the picture yet. Okay, tell them about the picture. Um, so this picture is... Should I start at the top or the bottom? I think you start wherever you want to start. Let's start at the bottom. 
So um, you've got your typical cloven hooves here at the bottom and some very, like, unrealistically spindly legs from that point. shaming the Jersey Devil? I'm saying this is an unrealistic standard for cryptids. Okay, fair. I don't appreciate the photoshopping of the Jersey Devil here. Okay. The liberty is taken with, like, the Jersey Devil probably feels some sort of way about its body after seeing this picture is what I'm telling you. Oh, no! These unrealistically spindly legs, like, those ankles would snap immediately. It literally looks like two twigs going up to the torso, which is sort of greyhoundish in nature. Would you agree with that? I would agree with greyhound. Sort of like a greyhound body. Um, and then a long neck, which is at least as long and thick as the torso, which is very upsetting in a visual capacity. <laughs> um, and then a goat head with, like, these tiny curly horns. And also there are bat wings. And the forearms are so small. <laughs> the little T-Rex like, arms. Like, I cannot describe to you how small these arms are. <laughs> Proportionally, the biggest part of this animal is its neck. And then its torso. It is not and a then dangerous its head, an- And then its legs. And then its feet. And then its arms. <laughs> it does not look like a dangerous animal. No. Like, literally, the way this thing is drawn, it could not stand upright. Like a, a stiff breeze will knock him like, over. Like, it probably has to fly at all times because this thing is utterly unworthy of the ground. Like, it cannot function in any sort of way at unworthy all. Unworthy of the ground. Like, something is not seaworthy if it can't sail. Oh, yeah. It's not groundworthy. It cannot walk. <laughs> By all known laws of aviation, this beast should not be able to get off the ground. (laughs) It's like the bee in that way. (laughs) Its neck is too large for its tiny wings. (laughs) God. Okay, I've got another sighting from this piece, and then I'm on to another article. In 1988, an Asbury Park press reporter told the story of a Howell Township resident who claimed to have encountered the Jersey Devil seven years prior, so in 1981. This eyewitness must have been up close and personal with old J.D. This is literally <laughs> what the piece me? says. Because he described the beast right down to his large teeth. So there are actually some variations on the origin story uh, that I want to talk about. Just uh, Just like a couple different other, like... Sto- like myths that like kind of sprung up about it. I I like the uh, the most popular one the most. It's most it is most popular to me as well. <laughs> but uh, there is it's preferred by one out of one Addisons. Yes, here's another one. Now this one also involves a birth of a j- demon child, but this is a really weird one. A story, another story that also placed the birth the birth of the Jersey Devil at Leeds Point said that a young girl fell in love with a British soldier. British soldier during the Revolutionary War. The people of Leeds Point cursed her. When she gave birth, it was a devil. Some people believe that the birth of the devil was punishment for the mistreatment of a minister by the folk of Leeds. So people just tend to believe it's like a punishment to the people of Leeds, uh, which is bizarre to me. Um, so the people of Leeds were horrible, and so to punish them, they cursed the baby of this one woman that they had all already been terrible to? No, then, no, the other theory is that it's, they were being punished for mistreating I thought the minister. These, I thought these were related. No, they're I separate. I was like, this Sorry. is horrible. No, one of them is, one of them is they were terrible to a lady, and they were so terrible to her, her child was a demon. And the other one is they were mean to a minister, and so God said... Okay, I'm going to punish you. And he made a demon descend upon them. You know, whenever you get pregnant, actually, one of the first things they warn you about is not to make townspeople mad or you might have a demon baby. Those are the only other, like, origin things. I just found them very strange. I just liked the one where they were like, it's a curse on the town from being mean to a minister. 
Except for the thing is that then the people still being punished by the Jersey Devil even now had nothing to do with being mean to that original minister. I've got a few other uh, modern day uh, sightings and then I've got some explanations and hoaxes surrounding it. But first, I want to just really quickly tell you about if you're in New Jersey... Uh, it's starting uh, tomorrow, actually, but as of recording this, but it'll be later when you when you hear this. But starting on the 5th of October and running every Thursday through Sunday throughout the month, the PNC Bank Arts Center in Holmdel, New Jersey, is going to be running Scared in New Jersey, a haunted <laughs> New Jersey folklore attraction featuring performances of The Devil's Midway, The Pine Barren Maze, Mother Leeds Haunted Cottage, and live performances from Blood Drums. It's a whole event all about the legend of the Jersey Devil. Okay, one, I, two I thoughts on it's this. Just, that's just two thoughts on myself this. about it. No, 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 that's fine. Two thoughts on this. One, we absolutely should go. Two, yes. I love when things, like, are so bad at marketing themselves, they just have to call themselves, like, the most generic version of a thing. It's like, I, I don't know, I love when real-life events are billed with the same sort of genericism as, like, store brand thing. Like, when it's like, this is a cheese product. Like, they can't <laughs> call it cheese. And this is like, it's going to be... Uh, a haunted New Jersey folklore attraction. Like, they can't call it anything other than that. Like, I enjoy well, it. we can't call it a haunted house. Yeah. We can't call it, like, a theme park. It's a scary attraction. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I enjoy it very much. I know. I wanted to, after, when I talked about the Poplick uh, monster, there was an event, like, re- yeah. related to that. So I wanted to, when I found this, when I was researching the, Dur- the Jersey Devil, I got excited. Especially because this one's, like, this is happening, like, now. This starts tomorrow, Alex. Whoa. And it runs every Thursday through Sunday throughout the month of October. If we start walking now. Yeah, it only takes three days and three hours. Yeah, I looked it up. Exactly. Um, okay, so anyway. So I've got uh, some uh, more recent sightings of it. I've got uh, a sighting from 2017 and a sighting from 2015. Wow, that's relevant as heck. Yeah, isn't it though? Um, now, this one is extremely recent. This is from February 24th, 2017. Can you say that word like that again? Extremely recent. That was so cute. Um, this is extremely recent. <laughs> uh, and it's this is uh, from taken from cryptozoologynews.com. And uh, this is in Pennsylvania, actually, weirdly enough. A Pennsylvania construction worker says he photographed an unknown creature he believes had the exact marks of the Jersey Devil. 32-year-old, um, he's going by RW in this piece, not just his uh, initials, told Cryptozoology News on Friday that he was driving on the highway an hour outside of Philadelphia when he and his friends spotted the creature. This is from February of this year, by the way. Sweet. I was driving back from Philadelphia. I don't really remember the exact part I was at, he explains. Me and my friend were in the car, and we saw what seemed to be a massive vulture in a tree. It was getting dark out, so we couldn't make out the features well at all. I told him to get his phone out for a picture. The Pennsylvania man said the creature began taking off the tree when his friend took the photograph. The image, submitted to Cryptozoology News and seemingly taken from inside the vehicle, shows a blurry, of course, it's a cryptid photo, and rainy highway with a few blurred cars and a dark flying animal on the top left. The alleged animal appears to be less blurry than the elements in the rest than the elements in the rest... Oh my god, this, this sentence is not written correctly. To be less blurry than the rest of the elements pre- present in the photograph. What's written is, appears to be less blurry than the elements in the rest of the elements present in the photograph. <laughs> this is the photograph, if you would like to see it. There he is, okay. flying away. There he goes. It's a very big flying go- flying boy. He is a large boy. There is. It's just basically a picture of a road and then a large, dark flying boy. Yeah. That's how I would describe it. Yeah. The man said the creature was very large and had bat-like wings and goat features. 
It was extremely creepy, but we figured we must have just seen it wrong because of the rain and darkness. But upon looking at the picture, it looks like no bird or bat I have seen before, he said about the alleged November 16th, 2015 late evening encounter. Image analysts tell Cryptozoology News that based on compression characteristics and metadata, the image initially appears to have been processed or edited with a photo editor software. The Jersey, and then it tells you what the Jersey Devil is. But that's just, a, that's one supposed sighting from this year. And then I have one from 2015. But this one I liked, one, because it was a sighting, a fun little sighting, but also uh, they had a separate piece where they compiled some of some responses to it from nice. readers. And this is from NJ.com, uh, which is just, their tagline is True Jersey. So it's the Jersey Devil in Galloway Township. This was from October of 2015. The Jersey Devil in your township? It's more likely than you might think. Mm-hmm. And this is this writer says she received an email from a reader who became a, who was a witness to the Jersey Devil. Says, um, Dave Black of Little Egg Harbor Township was driving home from his security guard job when he saw what he thought was a llama running in and out of the trees lining the road. Oh, man. I was just driving past the golf course in Galloway on Route 9, and I had to shake my head a few times when I thought I saw a llama. That wasn't enough. Then it spread out leathery wings and flew off over the golf course. Oh. Uh, and then he grabbed his cell phone and snapped a few pictures. He says that I'd send it in for you to share. I'm not looking for anything in return. Just thought someone else could maybe explain this in a more rational way. He says, I swear it's not a photoshopped or staged thing. People have said it's fake, but it's not. I'm honestly just looking for an explanation of what I saw. People say it's fake, but it's not. And the picture doesn't show up on my phone, um, so I don't know what to tell you. Oh. Um, I don't know if the picture was since taken down or it's just not loading on the mobile app. There's the photo. I'm just kidding. It's at the top. It's really good. There's literally no way that's real. There's no way it's real, right? No, that's that's not anything. It kind of looks like a pinata. It literally, yeah. <laughs> Someone got, like, a life-sized cardboard cutout of Buckbeak from the Harry Potter films. It might films be a kite or something. And just sort of threw it in the tree. That's not real it's at like, all. It looks like it might be a kite. Like, you know, like they have, like, a Pegasus kite or something? Yeah. This is just... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to read you some of the comments. All right. And you'll enjoy them, I think. They're really, they're kind of mean. Um, but they made me laugh a little bit. Okay, so here's some of the comments. Uh, let me pull them up. They compiled them into a piece of its oh, own. Good. Some of the best comments, or the most, uh, the most, uh, the ones that stood out the most, I should say. Here we go. Let's see. All right. Karen says, after I stopped laughing, I looked more closely and then laughed some more. What is sad is that some see this obvious hoax as real. Damn, Karen. All right. Oh, this is run from Ryan Maximus. Ha, the Jersey Devil. You all sound like idiots. Any cryptozoologist could tell you that's clearly a chupacabra. All right, that's a fun <laughs> joke, Ryan, but also a chupacabra doesn't fly, so shut your mouth. Um, This is one that's like, this is a really like, I'm going to read this in like my uh, like 80s stand of a comic type vibe voice because okay. like, this is from Dernicito 2016 and it is... That's my mother-in-law going home after spending the night in my house. I do not authorize the use of this footage. Am I right, ladies? I know. That one's silly. I love this. This is my favorite. All right. Shannon Eckrich says, yes, I believe in the Jersey Devil. I even wrote a romance novel about it. But this looks like a hoax to me. I love you, Shannon. Bless you, Shannon. Shannon, are you a listener? Shannon, Shannon. we got some free stickers for you. Literally, that's my favorite comment. Um, That one. And then I'm going to share one more of the comments that made me laugh. And it is from Robert Black. And it is... 
this is gonna piss the real Jersey Devil off. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's so good. Ah. The real Jersey Devil's gonna see this and be like, that's not me. I love that. That is the comment I vote for. I like Shannon's, but that's fair. Yeah, no, I mean they're I'm sure they're good friends. I think they should be good friends. Shannon and Robert, like Cryptid's they've got mac- very good. Cryptid keeper matchmaking. Um I don't think she's joking. I'm sure she did write a romance novel about I, it. I would believe it. Now I want to talk about a Oh, I'm so sorry. This no, is like no. totally a side tangent, but that reminds me. Um so my day job is that I'm a substitute teacher, and I was teaching kindergarten today. Aww. Which is always a hilarious time. I love teaching elementary school because you come home with the greatest stories. But today, actually, we ended up having a really cool, like, assembly uh, uh-huh. that I was totally not expecting uh, from a an author of children's stories. And let me just, like, Google his name real quick so I don't mess it up. Yeah, do it. I'm pulling up my notes on this next part anyway. No worries. No rush. Yeah. So it was um, it was this really cool guy. And his name is Mark Nobleman, which is like a dope name. That's a really good name. Mark Tyler Nobleman is his name. He has written several books uh, like about the people behind superheroes. It's really cool. That sounds awesome. He was talking about it. Like he wrote Boys of Steel, the creators of Superman and Build a Boy Wonder, like the untold story of the guy who co-created Batman and never got credited for it. It was really, really cool. He was talking about this stuff and he was just amazing with the kids. It was so fun. But there's another book that he wrote. Well, first of all, he has a book coming out soon about fairies and I'm hyped for it. And then he also wrote another book called The Chupacabra Ate the Candelabra. And I thought that's the best book title I've ever heard in my entire life. Wonderful. Um, also, I do have to sidebar a little bit and tell you a little bit more about this presentation because it ended up actually being one of the most like weirdly inspirational talks I've been to in a long time. And it was by this guy talking to a room full of kindergartners and first and second graders about superhero books. But basically, he turned his talk into this kind of thing saying that like you should take accountability for the things that you do, whether that's like messing up or like creating something that you're very proud of. Aww. Because uh, one of his stories is about the guy who, again, co-created Batman. I never got credit for it. Um, his name was Bill Finger, and he was, like, the author behind Batman stories. Oh. Um, and all this time, like, even big Batman fans will tell you that, like, Bob Kane created Batman um, when Bob Kane was actually the illustrator but didn't write the stories. Bill Finger wrote not only Batman's debut story but also the debut stories of, like, the Joker and Robin and Penguin and Catwoman and, like, the Riddler. All the iconic, like, Batman moments came from this guy, and he's never been credited for it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, um, because Bob Kane's name is the only one that's ever appeared on the books, um, which is, like, this whole wild thing. And so we turned into this talk about, like, imagine how you would feel if, like, you went home and drew, like, the best thing you've ever drawn in your life and you were so proud of it and you, like, put your name on it and then somebody erased it while you were gone and, like, told everybody else it was yours, like, stand up for yourself and take credit for it. And he turned that into this talk about, like, if you make something you're proud of, like, you should stand up and sign your name on it and, like, take credit for it. Um, and you shouldn't be afraid to tell people that you're proud of, like, this thing that you've made. And then he, like, also went off and said, like, and the same thing applies to your mistakes. You know, if you mess up, you should take credit for that, too. But it was, like, this really cool talk about artistic ownership and, like, very inspiring to this room full of children. Um, but he was a really, really cool dude. And this Chupacabra book. Anyway, um, keep an eye out, I guess, for when his book about fairies comes out, because he said it's nonfiction. I have a suspicion that it's going to be about the fairy hoax. Yeah. Um, with the girls in the garden. But... Anyway, I'm sure it'll be really cool. He was a really cool dude. Yeah. I learned a lot today in kindergarten. All right. That's actually so cool. There was also a moment that I had to tell you about There's that has me, nothing me, to me. do with it, but I think do it's it, a it, very funny it. story and I hope the listeners enjoy it, where I was um, working in like guided reading group with these these two kindergartners and one of them was telling me, he was like, well, he told me how old he was. He was telling me how he was six, but he had a little brother who was four. And then he said, I was also four once. And I said, hey, me too. And this other kindergartner at the table face palms, looks at me and rolls his eyes and goes, ugh, gross. 
And that's I so gross that you were once still a child. Still haven't figured out what that's all about. <laughs> so funny though. It's like I used to be poor. Hey, me too. Ugh, gross. <laughs> Way to I ruin love, it for all of us. I love kids. Way to ruin four. <laughs> kids are weird. Oh, it was hysterical. I know. I was once one. All right, I got some stuff to tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit me up. That was just like a strange no, okay. chupacabra sidebar. I'm seeing a lot more kids these days interested in cryptids. It's really neat. That was literally me as a child. I was obsessed with El Chupacabra when I was little. Um, I've told you the other Chupacabra story about one of my other students, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I love that story. It's a good one. Um, uh, really quick. Uh, oh, no. Where did it go? My brain. Oh, I was just going to say, um, normally we talk about survival tips on this episode, and the survival tips for this one are pretty much as, as, as simple as it can get, which is don't go in the wilds of the Pine Barrens alone. These survival tips used to seem like a really good idea, and then they all just became the same survival tip, which is just, maybe don't do that. (laughs) Sometimes we get more specific, but you're right. A lot of them are, maybe don't do that. Just don't. To be fair, there's not a lot of examples of the Jersey Devil actually hurting somebody. People just seem to describe it kind of startling them. Uh, Well, that one origin story does describe it like dismembering an Mm, entire room uh, of people. That's true. I should say be nice to to people, Um, I guess... Don't have an affair with a British soldier. I don't know. I don't know where to go oh, with. Are this. you going to say that was her fault? No, it was not her fault. No, don't, don't. Actually, like, yeah, don't, don't teach her- your your daughters not to have affairs with British soldiers. Don't teach your townspeople not to curse them for it. Right. Don't curse people just because they make romantic choices you don't agree with. You're right. I'm so sorry, Alex. That was terrible. Um, that was terrible of me. And in the last thirty seconds, I've learned be- to do better. I've grown as a person. <laughs> that was a really quick character arc, and I respect you for it. Thank you. So I just want you to know that I don't let your choices define you as a person. And I, even though that's totally understandable in some cases, when choices are completely irreconcilable with your way of life, I think that in this case, I want you to know that I'm invested in helping you become a better person. Thank you. That was very beautiful, actually. <laughs> Thank you. So anyway, explanations and hoaxes. So. Skeptics believe the Jersey Devil to be nothing more than a creative manifestation of the early English settlers. Boogeyman stories created and told by born pi- bored Pine Barren residents as a form of children's entertainment, the byproduct of the local disdain for the Leeds family in historical context, the misidentification of known animals, and rumors from negative perceptions of the local rural population. So, the frightening reputation of the Pine Barrens may indeed have contributed to the Jersey Devil legend. Historically, the Pine Barrens were considered inhospitable land, and gangs of highwaymen, such as the Pine Robbers, were, lo- were known to rob and attack travelers passing through. And then, the, during the 1700s and 1800s, residents of the Pine Barrens were deemed the dregs of society. Poor farmers, fugitives, poachers, moonshiners, runaway slaves, and deserting soldiers. So... There's a lot of uh, really poisonous societal forces at work in the way that this region has been characterized, sort of like we talked about the way that uh, Appalachia has been historically Mm -hmm. characterized. The Pine Barrens have suffered from kind of the same fate. So, uh, and actually, we're going to get a little bit historically real for a second, uh, even beyond that. Um, The the citizens of the Pine Barrens were further demonized and vilified after two eugenic studies during the early 20th century, which depicted Pineys, as they were called, as congenital idiots and criminals, as seen in the research performed on the Calicac family by Henry H. Goddard, which is now considered extremely biased and inaccurate. Yeah, you think? Yeah. Goodbye, bunk oh science. God. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, uh, a much less intense uh, possible uh, explanation for the uh, culture surrounding the Jersey Devil and whether or not it's real, which of course it is. But anyway, Jeff Brunner of the Humane Society of New Jersey thinks the Sandhill Crane is the basis of the Jersey Devil stories. Oh, wow. Which has those little spindly legs. It sure does. Uh, adding, there are no photographs, no bones, no hard evidence whatsoever, and no explanation of its origins that doesn't require belief in the supernatural. Now, this is a fun one. I like this. Uh, ex- this is really funny. Obviously, it's not the origin 
origin of the myth, but it would have contributed mm-hmm. to it. Outdoorsman and author Tom Brown Jr. spent several seasons living in the wilderness of the Pine Barrens. He recounts occasions when terrified hikers mistook him for the Jersey Devil after he covered his body with mud to repel mosquitoes. I love everything about that. <laughs> it's a really, really good little story. It makes me happy. So... Between uh, misidentified animals, people camouflaging themselves in the forests, and an already, uh, like, really ingrained perception of this area as being frightening and dangerous, that's kind of the prevailing skeptic theory of where the mm, story of the Jersey Devil came from. Cool. So I wanted to provide that perspective. And now there are some hoaxes related to the Jersey Devil. Um, Gordon Stein in, in the Encyclopedia of Hoaxes, published in 1993, noted that the alleged footprints of the Jersey Devil during 1909 resembled a horse's hoof. And according to Stein, a man later admitted he had faked some of these footprints. And Jeff Tibbles in The World's Greatest Hoaxes, published in 2006, has claimed that Norman Jeffries was involved in hoaxing the Jersey Devil. Norman Jeffries, publicist for Philadelphia's Art Street Museum and renowned hoaxer, was well aware of the stories about the Jersey Devil. So when the museum proprietor, T.F. Hopkins, admitted that it was in in danger of closure unless Jeffries came up with something to boost attendance, the publicist decided that a captive Jersey Devil would be the ideal crowd puller. Now, remember I showed you that poster earlier that said, Uh like, live, in captivity, the Jersey Devil. That was what that was from. Uh, He planted non-fictional... he, paint, uh, he planted supposedly nonfictional newspaper stories about new sightings of the devil. Uh, the same guy. So during 1909, Jeffries, with his friend Jacob Hope, an animal trainer, purchased a kangaroo from a circus and attached claws and fake bat wings onto it with glue. And they declared to the public that they had captured the devil and it was displayed at the museum. Um, we at the Crypto Keeper do not endorse animal cruelty in the name of furthering your cryptozoological interests. Now, to be fair, also, Jeffrey's motives were not to further cryptozoological interests or any kind of anything but to bolster his business. No, absolutely. Yeah. But also, he was a person who got the title of renowned hoaxer. So, yeah. like, at the same time, that's a career ender. Once you become a renowned hoaxer, you probably can't do yeah. many more hoaxes. Like, AKA famous liar. Yeah. Famous dishonest man. Um, so, that actually brings uh, my materials on the Jersey Devil to a close. Cool. It's a lot of stuff. I'm uh, really invested in the Jersey Devil now after doing this much reading Very about him. He's a good Super boy. interesting. Love it. Thank you. Hello, is someone there? Wow, you got a comment recently on your social media saying I haven't showed up in a while, so I thought I'd just pop in and say hi. Oh, yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, it's not, it's not you, Oh, and it's us, we, yeah, no, it's, I, schedules, and it's no, just No, it's been... okay, I understand, I mean, uh, I've been filming, uh, filming Cars 3, yeah, filming, it's a live action movie at <laughs> this time, actually, oh, I am wow. playing Lightning McQueen in a metal suit. Well, we're just taking it in a whole different direction this time. I think you guys love it. It's a gritty reboot of Cars. Aren't you also in some horrible movie coming out about a person look like it's like it's like Mamma Mia for bros? No, I think that's my brother, Broen Wilson. I quit the podcast. <laughs> oh, bye, Ellen. He ran away. He ran I away said crying. I quit this podcast. <laughs> Alex, he ran away crying. <laughs> he ran away in tears. Anyway, so that ends our episode. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, we have some announcements. Yeah, before we get too far and before you guys cut us off, because we always do announcements at the very end of the podcast. Yeah, before you turn off the podcast because Wait, you don't want to hear the announcements. don't leave. <laughs> um, I want to give a special shout out to somebody who has totally captured our hearts over here at the Cryptid Keeper. We are so, so thrilled because we've gotten a couple different messages recently to this effect. But one that we really, really enjoyed is we got a message. A handwritten letter. A handwritten letter from one of our youngest listeners named Lloyd. 
Lloyd. Lloyd, Lloyd, Lloyd. Thank you so much for the letter you sent us. We've read it several times and we love it. It's such a nice letter and thank you for the drawing too. I love it. It's so good. We think it's super great and we know that in your PS you asked us to talk about it on our podcast and so here we are giving you a shout out. Mm-hmm. Talking about it on the air. So thank your mom for sending it our way. We loved reading it and we'd love to hear from you any other time you want to write to us. Yes, please. If anybody else out there has kids that listen to our podcast, please let us know. This is the second time we've heard of it, and we are honestly delighted. Seriously. Very few things give us greater joy than knowing that we are sparking the flame of cryptozoology in young hearts. <laughs> junior cryptozoologist. Ju- Cryptic Keepers Junior. Oh, my gosh. Junior Keepers. Cryptic Keeper Junior. Okay. I love it. Junior Keepers. Uh, yeah, when we start, like, the cryptid scouts out there, you guys can. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Junior keepers, and you know um, how like um, you know how like uh, it's like brownies and the, and like it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there's like different cryptids that are like the levels. So what would you start on? I think you'd probably start on like what's a good starter cryptid? Like you'd probably start with like Nessies or something. Oh, Nessie Scout. Nessie Scout. You'd be a Nessie Scout. Yeah, and then you could be like a puck wedgie somewhere in the middle, like one of the middle tiers that nobody yeah. really remembers. <laughs> no, it's good. Anyway, sorry tangent. Uh, but seriously, Lloyd, thank you so much. We loved reading your letter. Yeah, we love it. And we would love to hear from you in the future about what else you think of our podcast. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And don't worry, we are planning uh, um, a Jackalope episode and a Bigfoot episode in the future. So those will definitely come out soon. And hey, keep looking for them. Yes. In your own adventures, and let us know what you see. Oh, and let us know what comes uh, uh, what comes of Pigfoot. Yeah, we think that's pretty excellent. And we're going to look into more research. If anybody else has seen it, maybe that'll get an episode, too. Yeah, if you've seen Pigfoot, please write it in and let us know. <laughs> so more announcements. A big thank you to our sponsors this week, the Alexandria Archives. You can find them on Twitter at WHAUSignal. You can also find them on iTunes, other podcast platforms. And they also have a Facebook page. Just all around great stuff. Website. Yeah, yeah. they're excellent. Uh, Patreon. Do we have any Patreon donors to thank on air? Um, I don't think we have any new ones of the tier that... Let me double check. Let me double check. We do have some new Patreon donors, um, but I don't think we have any that have earned their on-air mention. Oh, Alex, please. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That's so rude. You have earned our undying affection forever yeah. and ever on and, end. And you've been... If you're a donor, you've been thanked on the Twitter. And if you haven't for some reason, if for some reason you slip through the cracks, don't be embarrassed to message us and Yeah, tell us. let us know. If we miss something, hit us up. You know, yeah. we're always watching our like, Twitter page. Yeah, if we ever miss something like that, please... Like, say something. Don't think we're going to yell at you or anything. We, we like to think sure. we're pretty approachable. Yeah. We're pretty ch- pretty chill. We're millennials, so we're always checking the Twitter. So, yeah, exactly. Always you know, checking the Twitter. Uh, let me just, uh, you can keep telling me. I'll go and yeah. check. If you're not already, come hang out with us in our Facebook group. It's the Cryptid Keeper Appreciation Group on Facebook. We have a lot of cool stuff that goes down in there. Lots of interesting polls or, like, news on various conventions or cryptid-adjacent fun times happening in various places. Sometimes we'll have, like, pictures in there, just, like, fun threads. It's a group that always brightens my day every time I check it, and I look in there at least once a day. So, also, if for some reason you think we're cool and you like want something to get our attention that's the best way to do it seriously it's like a very weird sentence for me to say i am not accustomed to like people i have never met in person thinking i'm not even accustomed to people i have met in person mm-hmm. thinking i'm cool um you can follow us on twitter obviously at crip keep pod uh we do need to thank uh we do a donor we need to thank uh we need to thank ethan woodman ethan woodman you're a star ethan woodman you're a star and you'll go far no matter where you are All right I don't know why. No, I keep that. going. I'll beatbox. <laughs> I don't have any more rhymes. <laughs> Those are all um, the fresh beats you got today. I'm plumb out of rhymes. Oh man. Uh, yeah. So all of the aforementioned. Yeah. We will have new merch out for you guys soon. Actually, it is in the works as yes, we speak. It is. It is. Yeah, and that will be plenty exciting once it happens. 
And I think that might be about it. I believe you're correct. If, uh, like, we're not around for it, but if you are, like, local to Washington and Seattle, I know Crypticon is coming up. Isn't Paracon coming up, too, in Milwaukee? Yeah, it is. Very cool. If you're going to any of those things, take a bunch of pics, send them our way. We would love to see them. We are not successful enough at podcasting yet to have a budget to go out to places like that. We hope someday that's in the cards, but not right now. We're still your favorite homegrown podcasting Teen, we're not teens. Artisanal oven <laughs> roasted, <laughs> this hand tossed podcast. I don't know. What am I describing? What food am I describing? <laughs> um, well, you know, maybe some things are better left to the imagination. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for listening and for tuning in. Your support memes the world to us. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> now uh, I quit. Whether right. it's financial support on Patreon, whether it's just support by word of mouth, spreading this podcast to your friends and the people you love, forcing it upon people you hate so that we'll get earworms in there and they'll have to listen to our Owen Wilson impressions time mm-hmm. after time, especially in those early episodes. Oh, yeah. Um, whether it's leaving a iTunes reviews or just tweeting at us to say something about something you liked or whether you're one of the people who makes occasional uh, photoshops or drawings just all of it it's amazing we love everything that you guys contribute back to us and we couldn't do it without literally any of you yeah. whether it's just leaving us a review or sending us a shout out or telling somebody you like about it spreading the podcast to one other person we've gotten notes from people telling us that like they play it in their office and their co-workers listen to it with them or sharing it with your families or your friends like it's all yeah. seriously so, so cool. I remember, we never imagined this would happen. Yeah, I remember it. reading a, a comment from an actress who played it in the dressing room when she was getting ready for a, a show during its run. And like, phenomenal. Love just, it. Just, it's amazing. And never forget that without you guys, we'd just be two nerds talking, uh, yelling to in no Addison's one. Yeah. bedroom. <laughs> two nerds yelling in my bedroom to no one. Yeah, and that's less fun. It's still fun. It's still fun. I mean, we, we still do a lot of that. Yeah, we do the podcast either way, but we like it doing it a lot more this way. <laughs> it's true. So I think that's everything. I think that's everything. And so, as always, we hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there. <laughs>